Black Girl Known promotes holistic wellness and inner beauty for women of color. We encourage self-care, self-love, and self-empowerment for communities of color. Hey, y'all, it's Lauren Ash and Dion Ivory. And thanks so much for listening to the Black Girl Known podcast. Hey y'all, stay tuned for a very special chat that we have with Trinity of Gold Turmeric. We are so excited about this amazing, nourishing blend of creamy coconut, turmeric, ginger, and other organic botanicals. And they're actually offering BGIO listeners 15% off their first order using code BGIO at gold.co. That's G-O-L-D-E dot co. So stay tuned, enjoy the show, and I can't wait for you to try this drink that I love. How you feeling today? I'm feeling wonderful. I'm feeling really good, girl. We got this podcast back up. <laughs> <laughs> it has been, uh, you know, it's been great having a break. Um, mm-hmm. It's always nice to hit pause and just kind of switch gears and focus. We've been doing so much. Yes, we have. In this break. Yes, we have. <laughs> you know, so we have a lot of content, a lot of things to share with you guys because we've been experience in life with this amazing summer now fall yes (laughs) and now winter in (laughs) chicago (laughs) but yeah i mean yeah we just we're going to update you guys with like everything that's been going on but it's been good like you said it's great to just pause and reflect and go through some things to share yeah i'm sounding real country today so (laughs) this is never going to happen again just to let y'all know our southern (laughs) listeners appreciate it it's fine (laughs) Well, I'm really excited about today because we have our first in-studio guest of season three, Mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about them in just a moment, but I'm excited personally because the work that they do focuses so much on something that you and I are both like madly passionate about, which is food. Yes, Yes, Lord. Uh Uh-huh. If y'all don't know, Dion and I love to eat and we love to eat a lot. Yeah. Like for real. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not playing. Like my (laughs) friends know that when I come to their house that they have to either have snacks on deck for me or cook for me. Mm Mm-hmm. This is true. And you always digging out of something I got. (laughs) So I know this personally. But then I'm also always feeding you when you come over. You sure enough right about it. Yes. But we'll talk about all those little moments later. Okay. (laughs) So, y'all, we have Jess and Wendy from Food Heaven Made Easy with us today. Hey. Hey. We're so excited (laughs) to be here. Yes. We're excited, too. It's so nice because, like, so many of our guests, we kind of Skype them in. And so whenever people like you who don't live in Chicago, who come through the city, can actually come to the studio, it's amazing. Yes, yeah, it's so it's official. Such a treat. We didn't know we were your first in-person guest yes. for this season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. it sounds like everyone is in the same room when you all put out your podcast for a lot of the episodes. So this is, we feel super special. What is that a our amazing <laughs> team. Yes, we do have an awesome team. Shout out to Aline. Shout out to that's hilarious great well um why don't we just like get right into it share more about who you both are your story is super amazing Mm -hmm. um and also like why did you create this platform called food heaven made easy yeah so i can get started so we actually used to work at farmers markets in new york city 
Uh, and that was when we, Jess was a nutrition student and I was still kind of figuring my life out. I wasn't sure what I was gonna do. So we would do cooking demos and Jess would do like the nutrition education and we would do it in the Bronx and Washington Heights, like in different communities that were very low access to fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, and what we both loved about it was that it was so practical. Like it was like, well, yes, you should be eating these kinds of foods, but this is how you can actually incorporate them into your recipes. And not only that, but in a way that's culturally relevant because a lot of the people that we were working with were Latino, they were black, and they're like, well, we've never had kale before. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we were like, what? But it's, it, you know, even spinach. Like people were just like, we've never had these greens before. Um, so just super practical and basic, and it was so effective um, with the people that we would work with. Like they would come back every single week, like super excited to try new recipes and telling us about, you know, what they made for their family. And so it was really kind of powerful for us because we saw how kind of like how the education that we were providing translated into actionable things for them. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So then we, I think that winter, because in New York City, the farmers, like the markets, they, most of them wrap up in, in the colder seasons. Mm -hmm. So we're like, well, what are we going to do now? Mm -hmm. So we went to the Dominican Republic for a month. Which is fun. Yeah, which is where I'm from. And we stayed with my family and we were just kind of brainstorming. We were like, well, we, we were mostly like just chilling. Yeah, but we really didn't do anything. <laughs> but towards the end, we were like, well, what are we going to do with this? And then I guess you can take it from there because that's when all the bee cat stuff started. Yeah, so we actually had this grand idea of doing a cooking and nutrition show and planning it during the trip, but really we were just like sitting on the beach taking selfies, just living having your a best good time. Life. Yeah, living <laughs> our best life. And then the, the last day was really when we got together and we're like, okay, what are we going to do? So we had the idea of doing this cooking show and I was like, well, I lived in Brooklyn at the time and I heard of uh, BCAT, which is Brooklyn Public Access Television. Mm. You could do classes with them on creating a show and you can apply to have a spot on public TV. So we did that and I actually think the show is still airing there because I st it years later because I still get... Uh, <laughs> letters every year saying your show is renewed and we don't send them any new episodes they have like five episodes <laughs> that's hilarious yeah <laughs> so we did that on bcat uh for i don't know what was it, like a year that we were actually actively doing it on bcat and then friends and family who don't live in brooklyn or no one has cable um said hey we want to see your show like put it online so we put it online and it really just grew from there it's just like two friends having a good time in the kitchen it was like started from the bottom for sure yeah <laughs> um yeah it was really messy and sloppy but it was so fun i always had a good time doing it and then we became dietitians and now we're certified diabetes educators and we've worked in the community i now work at a university and a primary care clinic and just doing that one-on-one -on -one counseling while also having our online digital platform mm -hmm. that includes like our podcast and we do a lot of videos and now we launched our Food Heaven Academy, which is, uh, we have a plant-based, like healthy living online course. So, and yeah, nutrition retreat. So it's really just been amazing. That's incredible. Beautiful. I love hearing the story because so many women reach out um, to me and to Dion um, in regards to Black Girl Alone, but also in regards to like our individual projects and mm -hmm. say like, how do you like start like your brand? How do you start your business? And it really is as, 
simple while simultaneously scary Mm -hmm. as just starting, like starting, you know, to deepen your education, maybe about something that you're really passionate about or, you know, deciding to brainstorm and link up with a friend who shares the same interest. Exactly. And, you know, like what, five, six years later, here you Mm -hmm. are. And the ways that your original ideas like came to fruition are really inspiring, not just for you two, and you've been able to craft a career around it, but also like all the people whose lives you've touched by your work, so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We always say that. We're like, just start anywhere because the ideas and opportunities will come, but yes, you will. have to, yeah, you have to get over yourself and just stop putting all these walls mm-hmm. in front of yourself because mm-hmm. we, like, we have so many self-limiting behaviors, especially absolutely. as black women. Mm-hmm. So it's like, no, we need to get out there. We need to talk with each other and, like, use each other as resources. And when we first started, we weren't, like, we we were not at all entrepreneurs like at all i think we just started calling ourselves entrepreneurs like last year (laughs) (laughs) we were not and i mean that has its ups and downs but we weren't super intentional about being a business it was just something that we were really passionate about Mm -hmm. and it grew and sometimes i mean you you don't have to have like this super rigid like business Business plan yeah yeah like you'll figure it out but you have to start somewhere Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's so important too when like your entrepreneur life started out as something that's very genuine and authentic. It's like, I really care about this. I'm not out here trying to make money. This is something that I want to share with the world and things like that. And like you said, um, the self-limiting behavior. Oh my God, we talk about that all the time. I was just telling her, I have a major product project coming. I'm not going to share it right now, but um, I was sharing with her about some self-limiting behaviors that I was practicing. I was like, uh-uh, baby, we got to do something about that. You know? But yeah. it, it is important to just start and it's important to share as well because people mm-hmm. can hold you accountable to what they see in you yeah you know mm-hmm. so yes girl yes <laughs> i love that and you can also literally now in the age of the internet you can make money doing anything, anything. Yeah. it's a little ridiculous like you can do whatever you want to do mm-hmm. and make something out of it so yeah. it's like you know do what you're passionate about the money will come yes it will but it's like the passion does need to be there. I yeah. think that's like the prerequisite, you yeah. know, for yes, like ma'am. happiness and Absolutely. longevity and mm-hmm. the kind of work that you're doing. Yes. So. Yeah. Ooh, that was a word. That was a word. <laughs> <It was. laughs> well, let's get into food. So, um, in our first season, um, we had Janae Claiborne, oh, also another yeah, friend. Yeah, we love her. Yes, she's great. Um, on the show, so we sp- we spoke specifically with her about veganism and plant based. And I know that both of you are vegetarians, and you also advocate plant based eating. So let's talk about like why. You know, like why is that important to each of you? Um, why is that something that you encourage? Seems like you're not really like saying that's the only way, but you do advocate for just everyone eating more plants. So like, why is that important? Yeah, so I guess I can start on that. Well, you you nailed it. So we don't think that everybody has to be vegetarian or vegan by any means at all. I'm actually vegetarian since I was like 12 years old because I just don't like the way meat tastes. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's more like a personal reason for me. Um, but I know that you know eating a plant-based diet can include many different foods and it can include animal products. So I, there's no real definition for plant-based, but we kind of like to think of it as the majority of your plate is plants. And even if you look at the, the USDA My Plate, it's 50% you know vegetables and some fruits, and then one quarter whole grains, um, so things like brown rice or quinoa, 
and one quarter protein. So whether that's fish or chicken or tofu mm -hmm. or beans. And so right there, that's already 75% plant-based. So I feel like that is just the general recommendation anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but we really love plants because they're full of fiber, which helps us stay regular. It lowers our cholesterol, helps prevent certain types of cancers. Also plants have, especially like your vegetables and fruits, different vitamins, minerals, nutrients, mm -hmm. phytochemicals, things like that. Um, and yeah, just from our work with patients, we find that the patients who are incorporating more of those, you know, whole foods and, you know, plant-based, they see their blood pressure come down or their uh, blood glucose, you know, stabilize. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's just a really great way to eat healthfully and have energy and yeah, just live your best life. So that's kind of why we advocate for it. But again, you don't have to be vegetarian and we're all about individualism and what works best for you. Yeah, and I guess to add on to that, like plants taste good. Too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, you know, we use our platform to really promote the flavor profile of fruits and vegetables and plant-based foods because I think that, you know, that has gotten lost a lot of times in this conversation. Like people think that eating healthy is like all these stale meals that don't have any flavor, mm -hmm. yeah. that don't reflect the foods that we have grown up eating. And so, you know, it tastes good. It, of course, there's so many health benefits, but there are ways to, you know, incorporate plant-based foods. And, and also, this is like what our ancestors were eating. If you look at like ancestral, <laughs> no, seriously, yeah. Like if you look at ancestral diets, like they were plant-based. They incorporated, many of them incorporated um, animal-based, you know, foods, but they were mostly plant-based. And I've always been like very connected to plants. My family, they grew up on farms. And so I always go to the farm when I'm in the Dominican Republic. We went when we were in the Dominican mm -hmm. Republic. And she has like a mango tree in her backyard. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah amazing. I've always been very connected. It's delicious oh. and it doesn't have to be bland and yeah. like canned it's green beans right. or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I always tell people, because I have it in my office different food models and a lot of times, you know, the vegetables, they look pretty gross. So I'm like, listen, if your broccoli is this like pale color that just looks dead and whatever, you don't have to eat it like i wouldn't eat this either you know i wouldn't eat canned food either like if it doesn't taste good i'm not eating it and so i feel like that's the misconception is that the healthy food doesn't taste good and it should and if it doesn't then we need to talk to figure out how we can make it taste good um, maybe you need to add some olive oil or mm -hmm. some a little bit of salt or different seasoning just to bring out the flavor yes, not overcooking it things like that so yeah it should oh. be delicious first of all i love that you talked about how because i was going to ask you how can you still eat mindfully um, and not be vegetarian or vegan? And you immediately went to that. Um, and I love that you talked about that too because there's a lot of a food shaming, I guess. Mm -hmm. You know, we tend to look down upon people who eat meat or who eat this way or whatever. And um, we shouldn't be doing that at all. And I think that we have, I don't know, we've kind of, um, we're believing now that, hey, if you eat meat, that you're unhealthy, yeah. right? So I, rem I went to North Carolina because my husband has family there and they grow all of their food, right? They get the chickens and they cut them bad boys up. And I was like, dang, and they have gorgeous skin. Everything is just amazing. Wow. And I'm like, y'all really down here eating this meat, you know? And I stay away from dairy. That is a no brainer. <laughs> but, but like, they was like, yeah, like we don't eat all that pro well, process, like having other people go in and like manipulate the chicken and do right. all this nasty stuff to it. Mm -hmm. But like you see the food, you create the food yourself. Yeah. And I think that's a part of like mindful eating, knowing 
where you're getting your food. Yeah. You know, yeah. what has been done to it, where exactly. it's traveled from. Exactly. Because yeah. you can manipulate uh, vegan food, you know, mm -hmm. like they inject those salt, like sodium is like yeah, you know, yeah. like yeah. it's yeah. the most. You know, there's so. a lot of vegan junk food, right. vegetarian junk food, which is fine in moderation. There's a place for right. everything. I like to call it sometimes foods, um, and never say things are good or bad because then that does add Ooh. to the food shame. Exactly. Yeah. I started practicing that. That's well, good. I just had yeah. two Oreos. I feel good because <laughs> I've been eating fruit all day. <laughs> Yeah, because it's like then you feel bad food. about yourself, right. and you know people they always come to us like very scared that it's going to be a judgmental experience, mm -hmm. and yeah. it's like no. If anything, we're helping people relax a little bit um, and be kinder to themselves because that is the especially with like Instagram and the media. It's like all you see is like these fitspo models and everyone just having smoothie bowls all day, and it's like that's not real life. Um, and you know, I think that what's really important is what you're doing most of the time, not some of the time. I love uh, that. So my story with like mindful eating in college, um, my junior and senior year, I lived in, I lived basically with other vegetarians. Mm -hmm. So, and I also saw this like art exhibition that basically showed the connection between the meat industry with um, degradation of the environment. And like, there's only been a handful of times in my life where I've seen something that has so dramatically like made an impact on me that it caused me to like change my lifestyle and that was one of them. Wow. And so I shifted to being vegetarian for two years. Um, but I wish that y'all were around back then because <laughs> I was not a healthy vegetarian. Like kind of speaking to this point about the importance of education and of really knowing what you're putting on your plate. Like you can be an unhealthy vegetarian and mm -hmm. I was one of them. You can also be an unhealthy vegan. Vegan, yes ma'am. And I was just so passionate, yes, about the environmental aspect of things and didn't want to contribute to that. Um, and also, you know, just learned more about like what's actually in a lot of processed meats and got freaked out about it and was like, no, no, no. But then I didn't learn, okay, well, these are the things you should be eating to get protein. Yeah. Like I remember once I went to give blood, it was my first time ever giving blood, and I was almost at the point where I couldn't give blood because my iron was so low. Oh. Mm. Um, and then long story short, I started dating someone and he just started making food with meat and I started eating meat again. <laughs> but fast forward now, I do eat meat currently, um, but I'm a lot more mindful and I probably 90% of the time I eat vegan at home because within the past year I was just like, okay, I know that eating more plants does um, you know, heal me and it's also like preventative self-care. Like my mother had breast cancer. I want to try and avoid as much as possible cancer yeah. or any other kinds of diseases. But um, it's really just about that awareness that now I have so much more resources at my fingertips. Even than when I was mm -hmm. in college, I'm kind of dating myself. A lot of people think I'm a lot younger than I am, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like even when I was in college, like there weren't as many resources like yours and, and platforms like yours, mm -hmm. especially ones that spoke directly to black women, right? Mm -hmm. Like making dishes that actually have flavors that I want to be yeah. putting in my mouth. Mm -hmm. So yeah. um, could you speak to like, you know, that point of like, okay, if you're getting passionate, you're like, yes, I just watched What the Health, or yes, I just read, you know, like your plant-powered cookbook. Like, how do then, what's like a couple actionable tips for like moving from that passion to actually like... Incorporating like this into your daily life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that you really have to think about sustainability in your eating practices. Mm -hmm. So thinking for one, is this enjoyable? And am I gonna be able to sustain this? Because as much as many people wanna be vegan, 
it's just not sustainable for them. I did it, I was vegan for maybe over a year and I love cheese. I love like fancy cheese, I like stinky cheese, I like all types of cheeses. And I was going through it, I mean, <laughs> and you yeah. know, here I am, like I was, I think I was in school for nutrition at that yeah. time. Yeah, she was like binging on blocks of cheese. And then, yeah, like wow. I remember one night I was like, yeah. I was like a mouse. I ate like a block of cheese. I'm like, no, this is ridiculous. Yeah. I can't have this relationship to food. And I'm like, okay, there is a place for cheese in a very healthy way. And mm -hmm. so I think thinking about it, like not thinking about it in a black and white way, because yeah. then it's like, it becomes this stressful thing. Mm. Food, you know, it brings on anxiety when we think about food. And so, you know, even with like things like environment, which is something that we're both very much like interested in, and eating plant-based, of course, brings a, a lot of environmental benefits, but also thinking outside the box and being like, okay, well, what other things can I do as well to be more conscious of the environment? So it eases the pressure a little bit, mm -hmm. and you know, you don't box yourself into like eating a specific kind of way because, you know, of X, Y, and Z outcomes. Think about, do you enjoy this? Do you feel happy? Do you feel satisfied? So I think that should be the first question. Mm -hmm. And then kind of, of course, getting resources and educating yourself and getting inspiration, all of that is very important. But kind of always checking in with yourself. And it can change. I know people yeah. that, you know, were very happy uh, you know, eating vegan and then they transitioned into eating animal products. Um, and then they transitioned back and it was it wasn't a thing like it was fine it worked out in each phase so just being open to change and mm -hmm. and checking with your body and seeing how you feel you know how your health is and all of that yeah just to add to that um i think that that's a question people don't really ask themselves it's like what makes me feel my best what makes me feel sustained so I'm really big on intuitive eating with all my patients because I think people just want like a plan. And it's like we have meal plans, like that's great, but that's not the answer long term. Um, and so it's really important to know like, okay, if I have a long day, like what can I eat that's going to keep me satisfied from breakfast to lunch if I don't have time to make a snack? And it might not be a green smoothie. Maybe it is, but maybe it's more of a grain bowl or maybe it's more avocado toast or even two pieces of avocado toast. Um, so I think physically, like what makes you feel good? And then also mentally, you mm. know, psychologically, because we kind of forget that sometimes. And it's like, maybe I need a couple Oreos right now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And that's going to make you have that psychological satisfaction that I think is a balance that we're all right. trying to get to. All right, y'all, we're taking a brief break to share about our amazing episode sponsor, Gold. Gold is a wellness-born wellness collective centered in the nourishing power of turmeric. And Trinity is here with us today to share more about her amazing product with us. Hey, Trinity. Hi, guys. How are you? Amazing. How are you? Doing pretty well. Awesome. So tell us more about why you decided Gold and what it is. Yeah, um, so Gold is, um, like you said, it's a turmeric brand. Um, so ultimately, my goal with um, starting this business was to create more awareness around the powers of turmeric as a really healing plant. Um, so our product is actually a powder blend that you can add to water, you can add to coffee, you can add to milk or smoothies, um, and it's a really yummy blend of a few things. It's got, of course, turmeric, but then it also has 
ginger, cinnamon, cardamom. It's got a really nice creamy coconut milk powder in there as well. Um, so it's got a really great flavor. It's not overwhelming. Um, it's a really easy way to get into this side of wellness without being scared of something that's going to taste funky. I love the way you described it. Um, I, <laughs> as you know, have added it to almond milk. I've also added it to water. Um, anyone who follows me on Instagram knows that I'm always sharing about my favorite products that help me kind of beam from the inside out, and that's definitely one of them. Um, I also know that, Dion, you did something unique with it this morning. Yes, I, um, like, I stand for turmeric mask. They just give me all the <laughs> life that I need. So, yeah, I used it this morning before I came um, here to record on the podcast, um, and I mixed it with honey, of course, because I love honey, um, yes. vitamin E oil, and a little bit of lavender. And let me tell you, it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I really Amazing. liked how my skin felt afterwards. Um, and turmeric always gives you this glow. I mean, of course, for a minute you start to kind of look like a carrot because it's really orange. <laughs> but then right. after that, after you you know you scrub it away the way you're supposed to, your skin really glows. So I really really enjoyed it. So we were wondering yeah. for you, Trinity, like it's multi-purpose, which is amazing, but like, why did you even start Gold Turmeric? Like, why were you passionate about this? Yeah, um, so I was, it actually comes back to, I feel like everything in my life comes back to my mom. <laughs> um, I was raised by a single parent, and so my mom actually has a condition called rheumatoid arthritis, um, which is basically just very severe inflammation of the joints. Um, she's been suffering with that for you know several years and so about two years ago she actually started experimenting with turmeric and noticed a huge huge difference in just how she was able to get right up out of bed and, and be active again so that's when I actually first started paying attention to it um, I started playing around with it and then I noticed that it really helped um, with my immune system and also with my skin um, so that's when I kind of started seeing, oh, wow, this is, you know, it truly is multi-purpose. It's beneficial for, you know, me, someone who's in their early 20s. It's beneficial for someone more mature like my mom. Um, so, you know, that was just really exciting to me. And, and I always knew that I wanted to do something entrepreneurial and, and something in the holistic health space. So this kind of just felt like the perfect um, thing to, I guess, bring to the market. I love that. Mm -hmm. That connection to, you know, our, our family oftentimes can inspire us to create something that is amazing for other people to share. Mm -hmm. So props to you for actually doing that. I'm sure she's proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so is this something that is super sugary, super sweet? Like, you know, we, as on this episode, we're talking a lot about um, being really mindful of what we're consuming. Is there any added sugar in this that we need to be aware of? Yeah, so there's absolutely no added sugar in this. Um, and if you do have a bit of a sweet tooth, um, don't be too scared off by it because it does have coconut in it um, and cinnamon as well. So it has sort of like a very natural sweetness that's just due to the plants that are in it, mm. but it doesn't have any actual sugar. Um, if you do prefer something a little bit sweeter, like I do sometimes, um, when I'm making my golden turmeric tonic with hot water in the morning, I'll add a little bit of raw honey just to sweeten it. Um, and the raw honey actually has, you know, all these different benefits. Like Dion was saying, it's amazing to put on your skin. It's also amazing to take internally. Um, it has all of these enzymes and vitamins and minerals that haven't been, um, you know, removed in the processing since it's mm -hmm. still raw. So you're getting those health benefits and it'll taste a little bit sweeter. Love it. 
<laughs> um, I had a question and I just had a brain fart. I'll jump in. Okay. Why should we <laughs> add this to the ritual every single day? Why should we be adding it? Um, so again, there's so many reasons. Um, especially I think as women of color, we're kind of just starting to really hit like the tip of the iceberg of understanding the importance of wellness and self-care. Um, turmeric is something that has been used in you know different cultures, uh, medicines for thousands of years. Um, it's popular in uh, ancient Indian Ayurveda in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll see benefits in using turmeric from that are ranging from you know it being a beauty food. So for me, it's amazing for promoting a glow and for diminishing you know sort of like congested, dull skin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also amazing for muscle recovery after a workout. There have also actually been studies that it's as effective as Prozac in um, you know moderating your mood. Wow. Um, yeah, I know wow. it's it's impressive. If you look up all the like peer reviewed studies on turmeric, it'll kind of blow your mind. Um, they use it as a um, cancer treatment, actually. I have a friend who's a nurse that administers um, like a very purified form of turmeric to her cancer patients. Um, so the list goes on. I could take up the rest of the podcast, explain <laughs> every little thing, but um, it's just something that is beneficial for everyone, no matter your life stage or you know how early or you know deep you are into the wellness world. Um, so it's just a great way to, you know, start something easy. You can have a, you know, turmeric golden milk or a turmeric tonic in the morning or at night before bed every day. It's not, you know, too much of, uh, you know, a new thing to take on. So I think that's why everyone should at least give it a try. Okay. I have a question. What is your favorite way to use turmeric? Yeah. Um, I have two favorites. So... Um, The way that I'll do it every single day is just with hot water and raw honey, maybe a little bit of lemon or apple cider vinegar in there as well. I like to keep it really simple because that ensures that I actually take it every day. Um, When I don't end up taking it every day, like if I'm traveling or something, I can feel it. Like my skin isn't as bright, my immune system starts to tank and then like I'll like start getting the sniffles. the other way that I really like to do it actually is on popcorn. <laughs> um, so I'll actually take the, I'll like make popcorn on the stovetop and I'll add a few tablespoons of our gold blend with coconut sugar on top of it. Mm-hmm. And you get like this amazing like chai kettle corn type of flavor. That sounds amazing. So it's really good. Now we've gone through all the amazing ways that we can use this incredible gift that you have created for us. Um, what is the surprise for BGI listeners? So we do have a surprise for you guys today. Um, you can go to our website, that's gold.co, and enter code BGIO for Black Girl and Ohm and get 15% off your first order. And that's G-O-L-D-E dot co, yeah? Yes. Perfect. And where can we find you on social media? Yep, so that's Gold Turmeric. So, and we're on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. Can't wait to continue to enjoy mm-hmm. your golden blend. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having me, guys. Thank you okay. for sharing. Thank you.
think that just hearing you two talk, first of all, y'all are just amazing, seriously. <laughs> like, oh, y'all are just you. giving me all the lies that there is. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that we should be okay with like individualizing our experiences mm -hmm. when it comes to food. Because like with labels and everything, you feel this pressure, like you said earlier, to stay into this box. Like, okay, I'm a vegan. You know, I can't have cheese or I can't have a cheat day or whatever, whatever. And like you said, like intuitive eating is so important. Like what works for you? Of course, we should all be eating more plant-based food. That's, that's factual. Um, like you eat cheese. I can't eat cheese because it just messes me all up, you yeah. know. Um, but I shouldn't feel bad about that or you should feel bad about that. Man, that just reminded me of this. Okay, I'm not going to go into it. It just reminds me of this scripture. Whatever. Anyway, um, yeah, just thank you. I, I'm just learning a lot, and I'm feeling less guilty right yeah. now about some decisions that I've made about eating. No, you shouldn't feel guilty at all. And I think in part, I mean, social media plays into it. When we yeah. see all these beautiful pictures of, like, plant-based meals, and we're like, wow, like, people are, like, eating this, and they look this way, and it's, like, a lot of pressure. And also, like, a lot of... Um, you know, I don't, I don't even know what to, or like people that are putting out nutrition information out there. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of it is not scientifically backed, and it's more based mm -hmm. on personal experience. Yeah, it's like right. anecdotal. Exactly. And so you're like, yeah, that's, I'm gonna look like that, or you know, my whatever. If you have a health condition, like it's gonna be improved upon, like trying what they did, and it mm -hmm. just doesn't work you that way. That the hard way. Oh baby. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't work that way. And yeah. There's like a lot of scare tactics too oh out God. there to be like, you know, this is gonna happen. You're going to get this and you're gonna get that if you eat this. Remember when all that stuff on coconut oil was coming out this past year and then everyone was like, what? Yeah. Like, uh, Wait, what yeah. happened with coconut oil? Well, like, you know, everyone was celebrating coconut oil as like the go-to fat and then research has come out where it's like, well, maybe it's not the healthiest. And and it's like so black and white where oh. it's like, it's the best thing ever. And now it's like, you're gonna the die devil. if you <laughs> how the media just sensationalizes oh my God. anything because yeah. they know we're going to be clicking on it. Yeah. And yeah, it's a lot. Wow. It's a lot. Yeah. Wow. Over it. <laughs> I didn't even know that. I don't even know how I missed that. Because, you know, everyone's like, coconut oil. Let me coconut on my scalp. Yeah. Magic oh, yeah. black <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so just like a real quick thing on coconut oil. So co there's different types of fats. Saturated fat is the fat that you know, typically raises cholesterol. It's the one found mostly in uh -huh. animal products. So coconut oil is one of the only plant-based products that is like, I think it's between 70 and 80% saturated fat. And so in the studies, they looked at coconut oil and found that even though it is plant-based, it will still raise your cholesterol the same way that mm. regular animal saturated fat will. Got so it. I've had a couple of patients where they're perfectly healthy, came in and um, they just started overdoing it. Again, mm. it's all the balance. Like we have coconut oil all the time, but it's just how much are you having a yeah. day like and so they're having a lot and their cholesterol went from normal to going up you know so i think that it's just like not one thing is like you know the miracle magical thing right. and just having everything like i think coconut oil is great for your skin and like flavor here and there but not just to be having like tablespoons of it <laughs> in yeah. your which people are doing yeah so, yeah yeah Wow. Okay, that's good to know. I mean, this just goes back to really doing your research um, and not doing one thing that's like the end all be all. Yeah. Awesome. I love that we went down the little coconut <laughs> oil rabbit hole. I know. <laughs> I know there's so many coconut lovers out there, though. I'm one of them. I love yeah, coconut oil. Oh, my. Yeah. So, <laughs> speaking of cholesterol, and um, earlier you shared that you're, are you both certified diabetes educators? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about that because that's huge within the black community. Ooh, yeah. Um, uh, just let's talk about it. Thoughts on diabetes? What can we be doing now? Um, you know, while we're younger. Measures, yeah. yeah. 
because we're all about preventative self-care. We had yeah. um, our friend Dr. Tiffany Lester on last. <gasps> oh my God, <laughs> I love her. I love her. We yeah. just met up. She's so cool. She's great, right? Yeah, she's she amazing. Likes, she just moved to Oakland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah. my God, she's so cool. She's amazing, and um, we spoke with her a lot about preventative wellness, so we just want to kind of continue that conversation. Yeah. yeah. So what we can we do? So, yeah, we have so many thoughts on diabetes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're both diabetes educators. Most of our patients have prediabetes or diabetes. Um, pre-diabetes, I know you look a little, you're like, yeah, oh, what's I was that? Like, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's when you're at a higher risk for diabetes, so your blood sugar is, um, is higher than normal, but it's not high enough to be considered diabetes. Mm. And so, It's huge. like 37% of Americans. It's taking so it's over, yeah, it's definitely taking over. And that number is probably higher within the black community, I'm assuming? Absolutely, yeah. okay. absolutely. And yeah. the Latino community. And okay. the Latino community okay. as well. So, and the numbers are projected to continue growing. Um, and so that's why our work is so important because um, a lot of black people are at a higher risk, especially if you have a family history, um, you know, different predispositions, even environmental stuff can influence your risk. And so in terms of prevention, uh, I mean, we of course push plant-based, but especially if you have a family history, you know, getting your annuals, getting specific tests, we mm-hmm. always recommend getting a hemoglobin A1C because it'll give you a snapshot, not just of like a one-time glucose, but of a three-month average of how your blood sugars have been. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's all pretty, like our recommendations are pretty general, eating plant-based, getting at least an hour of exercise, maybe three times a week, mm-hmm. three to four times a week. Um, and then we have a lot of people that have diabetes, uncontrolled diabetes, and so it's very individualized. We do some medication management, especially if you're on insulin, so we do kind mm-hmm. of trying to f- see what we can do with the food part of things so that you don't have to rely so much on the medication. Um, and then we also see women with gestational diabetes, which is mm-hmm. huge in the black community as well. You develop diabetes during pregnancy. Yeah, that's my mom. And then, yeah, within five years, I mean, your risk for developing diabetes, I think, is like 50%. It's a huge risk. And for your baby as well. So, so weird. Uh, it's, yeah. I mean, it's really like an epidemic. Yeah. It's literally over, yeah. I think nine, over 90% of my patients have prediabetes or diabetes. It's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's so interesting because uh, you talk to people that have had diabetes for 10 years. They've never seen a dietitian ever. And it's yeah. like the first line of treatment for diabetes. You should know right. what you should be eating. Right. And like some of these people, they're like, what's a carbohydrate? They have no idea. So yeah. just providing the basics. And individualizing, like we've spoken about, what what works for you, what's sustainable, what's culturally relevant to our work. Most of my patients are Latino, and so they're like, well, we have to give up things like rice and beans and tortillas, and we're like, no, you know, you don't have to do that. We can find a way to incorporate it in a plant-based way, in a way that's healthy and that you actually enjoy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so many patients who come to us and say that their doctor told them, no tortillas anymore, you know? And it's like, oh my God. I can live without tortillas, I ain't gonna lie. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, no, and you should have your tortillas. So it's just finding yeah like when he said that balance but if there were to be like three things that I recommended for somebody who's concerned about diabetes uh, the first thing would be I would say exercise is really important for regulating your blood glucose levels especially strength training which a lot of people overlook Um, so trying to get two days of strength training in per week uh, and that can be in the form of like if you if you go to the gym weights like starting slowly obviously or resistance bands 
or circuit training or calisthenics, anything that's going to be strengthening your muscles is really great for regulating uh, your blood glucose. And then also, as Wendy said, like doing the, that three days per week, if you can, or 150 minutes of cardio mm -hmm. is great. And again, it's just start with whatever you can <laughs> and whatever makes you feel good. Because I know a lot of people work out um, and they don't enjoy it always because they might not be doing something that's exciting for them like I love to do strength training and she loves to do more Zumba and like classes I hate classes but it's like finding what's best you know for you so I think that's one thing I think the second thing would be just like monitoring so as she said getting your a1c checked um, especially if you're at risk and you feel like you're making lifestyle changes I would get it checked once every three months sometimes you have to push for it because it's a more of an expensive test but if you have the risk factors or history it shouldn't be a problem and you just want to make sure that your a1c um, is you know, normal would be under about 5.7. Um, and then the third thing I would say is just how can you add more vegetables into your diet on a daily basis? So in general, we recommend about three cups of vegetables per day. And I think if you're able to do that, like you're probably going to see a drop in that A1C um, and feel better and yeah, all that kind of stuff. And oh, sorry, four things. The last thing I would say, <laughs> I was like, there was one more thing is trying to decrease the amount of the sugary beverages like of course that was that's like the one thing where usually it's always like a recommendation we won't say you have to do this or you have to do that but um i highly would recommend because i have patients who just cut that out and their their blood sugar comes back down to normal so just focusing more on like waters or um, yeah, unsweetened teas, stuff like that. Oh man, I'm so happy I moved from Texas because I don't even, I can't even have that. It's not even an option for me <laughs> anymore. Uh, but what about carbs? Because you know, when it breaks down into your system, it becomes glucose. Yeah, so going for the healthier carbs, kind of like how Jess mentioned, because like sugary beverages technically are carbs. But of course, like we also have sweet potato and we have quinoa and we have beans or oatmeal. Those are carbs too. So we, you know, stay away from vilifying carbs because uh, a lot who? of from vilifying carbs so oh, a lot uh, yeah a lot of people with diabetes they think that they can't eat any carbs whatsoever um, but we do need carbs it's just that you know we want to go for the complex carbohydrates mm -hmm. that they actually help to control our blood sugar because they have different nutrients and they have fiber um, so going for those healthier carbs and kind of thinking into like back with the intuitive eating being very present when you're eating and seeing how you feel because a mm -hmm. lot of times we finish our meal and then 20 minutes later we can't move mm -hmm. because we're like okay we kind of OD'd a little bit so just being very present when you're eating try not to have all these distractions so that you you know it takes time it's taking you know it's a process for me um, as well so mm -hmm. kind of just checking in with yourself and and seeing how you feel and I also wanted to add one more thing just about stress and self-care which I know you're both huge about uh, but stress uh, it actually does raise your blood sugar um, as well as poor sleep so also like all of these behaviors are very important um, and we talk about it with our patients all the time they're sleeping like maybe three to four hours every night oh my god and um, that'll raise your blood sugar as well. It puts you at a higher risk. So really, like, you know, checking in with yourself and seeing um, what makes you happy, what brings you joy, but also get enough sleep and, like, you know, make sure that you're good physically. Thanks <laughs> for linking to both of those things, especially at this time of year, because we're about to head into the holiday season and just general end-of-year flurry to, like, you know, check off all the things that we said we wanted to do at the top of 2017. Yep. It can be very easy to, like, overindulge on the wrong kinds of things. And also to like stay up a lot later mm -hmm. in order to like get stuff done. So yeah. I think both of those things right now are like super key. huge. Yeah, definitely. Um, I have a question 
um, about dieting and also about like these detox cleanses. So I've never done either. I've never done any diet. I've never done any detox cleanse. Um, I hear about them a lot though, again, being in the wellness space. Like I see a lot of people who are like, I'm doing a raw, you know, green juice cleanse or um, I'm doing like, you know, there's a bunch of like now um, companies that have like these programs that you can sign up for. So it might be kind of a separate thing. Maybe you want to address one and then the other, but like, are you into them at all? Do you advocate for cleanses or for any kind of diet or are you just like, no, nah, <laughs> no. <laughs> we don't. They're not sustainable. We're not huge. You know, we're not fans of detoxing or anything like that. Um, and there's no evidence to support it either. So that's sorry to cut you off. That's another thing with dietitians. We won't recommend anything unless there's like science to back it, right. which I think mm -hmm. makes it a little different. So you can always trust that, you know, it's not just like she was saying or we were saying anecdotal evidence. Um, it's actually been like well done studies to show that this is actually something worth your time yeah so again we don't shame anyone for doing yeah. detoxes we have clients that that do the juice cleanses and the fast and they subscribe to like certain like special diet programs or shakes or whatever so you know if someone is like very passionate about wanting to try that out and see how it works for them we don't try to shun them away we're like well mm -hmm. give it a try and honestly nine times out of ten it's, it doesn't work they come back and they're like this isn't sustainable mm -hmm. I feel crappy I don't feel energized um, yeah so we we it's a journey so we encourage you to kind of like play around and figure out what works um, but yeah, it's not something that we promote and we don't think it's necessary. That's the thing too. You don't have to go to the extreme to eat healthfully. You can do it in a very practical way with food, with just like eating a meal. It doesn't have to be, you know, this, um, cause I think too, people want immediate results. Exactly. Yeah, and so I think when you go to the extreme, you, you're like, well, I'm going to get the results that I want because I put myself through this to kind of like see the results that I want. And it's just not necessary. You don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had a patient who was on the cabbage soup diet. Have you guys heard of that one? No. Mm -hmm. It's just cabbage soup all day, every it day. It sound very good. Yes. I, yeah. So Flavor wise. Right. <laughs> or anything wise. So she's on a cabbage soup diet. She came to see me. We worked together for like a year. And she said that, you know, she really wants to do this diet. And I was like, well, I don't recommend it because X, Y, and Z. She's like, well, I'm doing it. I'm like, okay, well, then let's do it. So then she did it and she came back. She lost weight. She came back again. She lost more weight. And then finally she was like, Jessica, you're right. Like, I feel horrible. I'm just eating cabbage soup. And then she gained more weight than she had lost originally. So usually what happens um, and what research says, like is dieting is one of the biggest indicators of future weight gain. Um, so these cleanses and things like that, a lot of times, yeah, people are losing muscle mass and then you're gonna gain fat back. So I think it's also counterproductive to what people's goals are. And then just in terms of like the body cleansing itself, like technically, your body is able to cleanse itself like through your GI tract and your lungs and all that kind of thing. And I think, uh, you know, people are like, well, I'm giving my GI tract a rest. Well, really, you want to have that fiber that's going to help strengthen your GI tract. You know, like you don't need to give it a rest. Um, so I think that, yeah, just kind of finding things that are going to work long term is is always going to be the key. So just to clarify, because um, I, I do have friends and I've even considered a long time ago 
I, I didn't do it, obviously, but um, to cleanse my system that I was going to go on a little detox with like juice or something. I don't know. But I don't necessarily have to do that to cleanse my system. I can just start eating healthy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it's a it's a constant mechanism. So there isn't no, you know, wiping out. You do it on a day to day basis mm -hmm. when you do things like poop or like urine, you know, so um, or breathe. Yeah. <laughs> so of course we want to eat foods that are conducive to that natural detoxification yeah. process. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, it's it's not necessary. But I do know people that uh, incorporate it. You know, within the context of a plant-based diet, maybe seasonally they do it um, a few times a year or something like that, and it works for them. So I think it's like just really thinking long term. And if it works for you and you feel good, then go for it. Mm -hmm. Great. Gotcha. Sustainable practices. Yes, ma'am. Here we go. Very practical. <laughs> um, what else do you all have like going on, coming up? Do you have like a nutrition retreat around the corner? Um, tell us about these experiences that you offer on your website. What's good? So we have a lot coming <laughs> up and going on. We just uh, launched our Food Heaven Academy. So it's starting with just an eight-week online course for helping people, you know, eat more plant-based and it's not necessarily geared towards vegetarians by any means most of our audience actually are people who eat meat and they just kind of want to be healthier right so <laughs> so we have that going on we're planning we do annual uh, international nutrition retreats with the um the runaway and so we're planning we love them yeah mm -hmm. we do too. too they're awesome we are in talks about uh, planning one with them for next year which we're really excited about and the location is i'm not going to give it away yet but it's going to be amazing um, and what else are we doing? I'm trying to think. So we, I mean, we regularly develop content. So we do nutrition content, we do recipe development, we do collaborations with brands that kind of align with our plant-based mission. And then, so as we launched our eight weeks to Healthier You course, and so we're gonna be, for the spring, we're gonna be launching a couple more courses. One is actually gonna be focused on diabetes prevention and education. And then we, are, we wanna start doing like more in-person stuff, like to connect with people locally. So going to different cities and connecting with our audience. So mm -hmm. we're thinking about focusing on that for next year. Yeah. yeah, and then just our podcast. We have the Food Heaven podcast, which is about all the things we're talking about now, like sustainability, plant-based, we interview different experts. Um, yeah, like so GI stuff, PCOS, which a lot of women, um, are faced with polycystic ovarian syndrome. Yes. Yeah. I just saw that somewhere. I'm always doing research. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's an, I mean, and with PCOS, it's very closely linked with diabetes. Yeah. So we, we have a great podcast on PCOS where we interview uh, a she's leading expert. A, yeah. A leading expert in the field. So awesome. Yeah. So a lot of really great things. We're really excited and just, you know, collaborating with people that are doing this kind of work as well, especially black people that are doing this kind of work. Yes. We're like, we're in Chicago, obviously, we, we just came out of a nutrition conference. And yeah, when we saw nutrition students, nutri like dietitians that are black, it was like, Ugh! like, Amazing. we were like shaking, like, it was like a reunion with people that we never met or never even knew existed because we get so excited when we see, you know, our people in the field, like we're really needed here. And so we're pumped because we're really looking forward to connecting with other people. I was going like to mention us. that too, that how it's so important to see like people of color in this position because when you see children, they're like, oh, this is a realistic goal of mine. Like I can be healthy, yeah. you know? Yes. And it's not some foreign lady coming to me, coming to me teaching me about food. It's yeah. like, no, somebody I 
can connect with. You yeah. Know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'll never forget we had a reader um, who sent us a message and she was like, I used to think healthy eating was just for white people. Exactly. And then mm-hmm. I saw you guys and I realized it's for me too. So just those kind of things really get us motivated and excited oh, with what that. we're doing. Love, yeah. love, love that. Yes. Well, maybe we'll close with um, your favorite recipe of the season. Mm. Oh, I have mine. Because I'm trying to get some <laughs> ideas for some little dinner party situations yes. to have around the corner. Oh, right, right. Well, mine's <laughs> not, it's not necessarily seasonal, but it's really good and simple. Okay. So... The <laughs> This is one of my coworkers told me about it and I just started making it. So it's a simple salad, but it's a filling salad with arugula, lentils. Um, she put, I don't put cheese, but she puts feta cheese, mm-hmm. sliced almonds, mm. olives, quinoa, <laughs> and then uh, obviously like salt, pepper, and then just like the juice of like half a lemon and olive mm. oil. It's so good. It's so, so simple. That sounds good. And also I have everything except for the arugula. Okay. So get the arugula. Yes. (laughs) I yeah. I had it for like two weeks for lunch. It's so and it's so filling and yeah, especially for me because I can have like GI stuff going on. It was like just very simple on my GI tract. Um, yeah, I've been recommending that to everybody and everyone's like so excited about it. So that's mine. Lentils. I love lentils. Yeah, me too. All right. So mine is actually with lentils as well, (laughs) and it is seasonal. So, and it's actually coming out today. I just developed it last week and oh. it's bomb. So we'll, it's we'll link to it on our website. Okay. Anyone <laughs> listening who's like, I already want this, it'll yes. be there. So get into it. Cause let me tell you <laughs> how it is. So it's these lentil meatballs Ooh. and I made it with a butternut squash sauce. Ooh. Yes, butternut squash cooked with, I'm trying to remember, I just made it with like ginger, like warming spices for the season. And I did it with a rubbed kale salad, rubbed in like a tahini sauce that I made. It's very simple. It sounds like fancy or whatever, but it's not. (laughs) It's like super basic. So delicious and like filling and life-giving. So I'm going to post the recipe like after we leave here so it'll be ready for you all and sounds so tasty i need all so that good. all yeah. my little meals be basic basic yeah. than a mug but <laughs> <laughs> they're healthy but they're just really basic yeah those are, my, those are my favorite meals though the ba- yeah. trust me i'm just as basic as you probably seriously she, yeah she yeah. likes the basic stuff i like basic too i'm a little fancier <laughs> but yeah, yeah yeah i can do it's like it's nice to switch it up yeah you know, uh-huh. and yeah. Great. We're going to make both of those and let you know what we think. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Oh, my God. So how are you? great. You are great. You You are great. And um, just in case, you know, anyone listening doesn't know uh, where to find you, can you just share all those things? Yeah. So our website is foodheavenmadeeasy.com. Our course is eightweekscourse.com. And we're on all the socials, Food Heaven Show on Instagram, Food Heaven Made Easy on Facebook. Yeah, Food Heaven Show on YouTube and Girl. Food Heaven Podcast. Yes, it's all on the website. It's all, oh great. yeah, sorry, it's all on the website. They're like, okay, moving on. No, that was great. Okay. <laughs> I want people to know. Okay, cool. I don't know if you really got to talk about your YouTube channel, so now you're just cool. Okay, cool. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah, they so have 40K followers on the YouTube. Y'all are fancy. <laughs> I know. We have to do better. We haven't done videos in a minute because now we're that she, bi-coastal. yeah, we're bi-coastal. Yeah. It's okay because you have a library there. That's yeah. Great yeah. Exactly. I know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, thank you both so much. Thank you yeah. for, having, for us. having us. This is so such a treat. Yeah. Of course. yeah. We love it. Yeah.
That's so and much fun. I'm sure we'll all kiki together. Yeah. Either in Chicago or in Oakland or in or New York. Yes. Yes. Of yes. course. We're Absolutely. actually going to be there. Yeah. We're coming out there. Oh, cool. We're out there a lot. So. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> cool. Great. Great. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey guys, be sure to follow Go Turmeric on Instagram, G-O-L-D-E, and make sure that you get your 15% off of your first order by visiting their website, and be sure to use the code B-G-I-O and get your life. Nancy is the podcast covering all things LGBTQ and beyond, and we're coming to Chicago. I'm Tobin Lowe. Join me and my co-host Kathy Tu as we talk with Fatima Oscar and Sam Bailey, the creators of Brown Girls, the Emmy-nominated web series made right here in Chicago, plus intersex activist Pigeon Pagonis. That's Nancy, live at the Athenaeum, December 2nd at 8 p.m. Tickets at wbez.org events. Hey guys, to stay in touch, be sure to join our email list at blackgirlandgnome.com, follow us on Instagram, say hello to us on Twitter, and like us on Facebook at Black Girl and Gnome. There are so many great stories that people of color, women, and queer folks want to tell, but don't have a place to share them. Post Loudness, our podcast collective, wants to create a community of unique voices and audio. Love to James T. Green, Cher Vincent, and Alex Cox for creating Post Loudness and letting us be a part of it. Special love also to Aline Kaze, our audio engineer, to Khalid B. and Peter Espenson for the music you hear throughout the show. And thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to breathe easy. 